Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. Healthy masculinity is almost the same set of virtues and values as healthy femininity. It's Mm -hmm. healthy people. It's boundaries. It's understanding needs. It's taking responsibility and ownership in life. It's treating others like you want to be treated. I mean, that is is a healthy society. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for us at Braveco, I look at that and go, man, we have to give men the tools that they weren't given by their dad, that their mom probably can't even fully give them because masculinity is something that's poured into a man. It's not something that he's just born with. These virtues and values, although a woman can administer a ton of that, right? And and you can get it through other places. But I always think like, man, the best place to get that from is from somebody that looks and feels and is experiencing exactly what you're feeling, a role model, a hero that goes, you can do this, follow mm-hmm. me, let's do this together. So that's yeah. what we created Braveco for is to pour into men the strength, the courage, the grit and tenacity that they need to be a responsible human being that gives us purpose in this life. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And today I am uber, uber excited to be with Pastor Jason Valentin. I was sitting next to him at a luncheon at Bethel Church. I was told I got to meet this guy. He's the head of Transformation Center and the leader of Brave Co., which he is going to unpack for us. It is a huge honor for us to be with him today. Jason Valentin is an avid outdoorsman who thrives in adversity and adventure with a heart to see emotional prosperity increase through pastoral counseling, teaching, and equipping. He serves on the senior leadership team and core team at Bethel Church Reading. As the founder of Braveco, global men's movement and overseer of the Bethel Transformation Center, he has helped thousands of men and women discover their God-given identity find freedom, and walk out their true calling. His personal testimony, insight, and wisdom have brought powerful breakthroughs to difficult situations for both leaders and for families. Jason lives in Redding, California with his beautiful wife, Lauren, and their five kids and daughter-in-law. When he is not enjoying time with his family and helping transform the hearts of men, you can find him on a wild adventure, hunting or fishing in the great outdoors. And I even saw his mother is quite the hunter as well. This beautiful (laughs) uh, stuffed bear at the front of their home or his dad's home. So such an interesting family. And I've been geeking out uh, following the testimony book for men and uh, Brave Co., the whole channel, your testimony. So I am super, super excited for you to be here. Thank you so much, Jason. Yeah, Shannon, thank you so much. Um, it's an honor for starters to to be on with you. And um, it was so fun to meet you uh, at lunch a couple, what was it, a month ago. And anytime I get to sit with somebody who loves emotional health, loves to see people restored yeah. and uh, ha- can even see it from a different perspective is mm-hmm. so much fun. I've been on this journey, you know, in my life for, for so long now. And, uh, so it's kind of like you find this like, uh, uh, kindred soul that you get to, to connect and and talk with. So, man, I'm excited for today. Me too. So I want to hear a little bit of context so everybody can get to know you. 
I know you've been serving in the trenches. Um, how did your journey start? Were you always this amazing leader? Do you have a flawless life? <laughs> yes. Yeah, is, is anyone ever uh, start out being a great leader? I don't think so, you know. <laughs> And uh, none of us are without our flaws. No, I uh, I was raised in um, Weaverville, California, just a really small town in the mountains. To um, you know, uh, I was born into a Christian family, really loving. And um, I just I feel so thankful for that small town upbringing, loving God. You don't have to go to church; you get to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> type of of life because i found i found um a lot of challenges really young mm -hmm. and one thing that i didn't know for uh, until a very long time in my life and we can talk about this more or not doesn't really matter but i didn't realize how much anxiety i had as a kid yeah and uh, even ocd so I didn't, I didn't understand that. And so as a child, I walked around, uh, being afraid, having irrational fears at a very young age. I can remember that, which led me and drove me into, you know, masturbation when I was young. So I was addicted from 10 to 16 years old to masturbation and, yeah. um, pornography of course comes with that. So, uh, at about 14, I found pornography and I got married really young. So that was, uh, that, that added just some flavor to my life. And I say it like that because my dad got married young, my mom and my dad, I mean, they were mm -hmm. 13, my mom was 13 years old when she was engaged to my dad, believe it or not, which who does that? That's wow. weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just, uh, it was different times too back then. And so I got married really young, had my first son at 19 years old, three kids by the time I was 24 and wow. at 27, uh, um, ended up in, in a divorce. And so, um, my wife left, left me and the kids. And that's a whole nother story that I've written a book about and whatever. But, um, so I ended up being a single dad, which to all those single parents out there, I mean, is the hardest job in the world right. by far. Absolutely. I, I would rather do anything in this world than to go back to that season and do it all on my own. And, and so that was a really tough time that I pulled on community for, uh, I struggled through it. I didn't do it perfect. I have some regrets from that. Not that eat me up all day, but man, if I could go back and change a few things, I would, you know, just normal human being stuff. And at 29, uh, I met my now wife. We started dating at 29 and, but shortly thereafter we started dating. I ended up in a nervous breakdown, believe it or not. And mm -hmm. that lasted a really long time. So uh, it got so bad. I was sleeping 15 hours a day and lost the use of my arms, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Wow. And again, like, like we can go deeper into any of this stuff, but I'm just, you asked yeah. me like, yeah, hey, you lived a perfect life. Here's my life. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I lost use of my arms and couldn't walk but a, a mile without a bunch of pain in my body. And I had cancer tests and rheumatoid arthritis tests and MS tests on my brain and, you know, brain scans, mm -hmm. all the, all blood tests and, wow. um, 
turns out I, uh, I didn't know how to manage my anxiety well. And I ended up having to get on medication just to make it a fair fight. I was so yeah. far in the hole. I was so far gone mm -hmm. that um, I had to get on Lexapro and Clonzepam and, and um, start digging myself out of that hole. Yeah. But that was a, you know, that was a five-year journey of wow. feeling, yeah, of feeling fragile. I got to use my arms back, but the, what happens to you mentally and emotionally when you go through something that's so debilitating is mm. outlasts the effects, the physical effects. It was just crazy. And so yeah. ended up, you know, I got remarried, got remarried at 31, went on a seven year journey to have more kids. And so infertility journey, yeah, it was just, it's just a big, long path. Wow. Um, and then at 38, my wife got pregnant with oh. my daughter, Edie, or 39. She got pregnant with my daughter, Edie, oh. and she's two years old, almost Oh my now. gosh. So you have yeah, she's... older kids and then now a much younger. <laughs> Listen, I'm relevant in two different generations. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And then I have a... Um, my youngest son, Liam, is seven months old. Oh, so you got two. Yeah. So we have five five kids total. My oldest is 23 and married. So um, that's my son, Elijah. And then my daughter, Riley, she's almost 21. And then wow. my son, Evan, he's still at the house. He's 18, finishing his senior year of high school. And then we have a big gap. We have Edie, who's two, and then my son, Liam, who's seven months old. So, I mean, that is my life in a in a very quick nutshell. I'm no stranger to adversity, and, and really nobody is. Right. Nobody's a stranger to adversity. And life is, is all about learning how to uh, overcome, learning how to grow, go from glory to glory, and is really how I learned how to help people mm -hmm. and and learned how to do what I do every day is, is, you know, all the different breakthroughs and victories and pain and struggle uh, that I've personally gone through has, has prepared me for, for where I'm at today. I love that. And we live in this culture where we tend to go from pendulum swings one to the other extreme. So I know it's really trendy to be anti-male, to call it toxic masculinity. And yeah. I would say even for myself in undergrad and my sociology classes, I was so indoctrinated without realizing it that I was came home telling my dad, I hate men, I hate business owners, and I hate white people. And I was just like, I was literally <laughs> so blind that I didn't realize how much I was parroting what I was being taught. I became a, a staunch feminist for two solid weeks. There was wow. an intense feminism. And then the Lord spoke to for me. Two for two weeks. two weeks. That's my commitment. No, I mean, I was really in for two weeks. <laughs> And then the Holy Spirit <laughs> spoke in my heart. And it's very few times I've ever felt like the Lord had words, but he said, if you love women, because I've been told up to this point, men are the bad guys who hurt women. So he knew my motive was, I'm not trying to hurt men. I'm just trying to see women free and do well in life. And so he said, if you love women, you wouldn't hate men, but you'd start interceding for men because they're the covering wow. for women and children in society. And so wow. it shifted. I stopped being a feminist in that moment. And the trajectory of my life changed 
to really honoring and respecting and how do we steward that middle space of healthy masculinity? Because I think culture is really polarizing. We have men that are doubled, doubling down and they're becoming more toxic. And then we have men that are just abdicating and almost allowing their role to be given over to females. And neither of extreme is healthy. And so I love Brave Co. I've been following you guys. I love the material because it's that healthy middle place of what is true masculinity, fatherhood, what is the role that a man plays that never do we want women having to step into that place. Like you said earlier, single parents, that's rough. The ideal is that we have this system for families and with the deconstructing of the family unit that's being pushed right now in an agenda that they're trying to make the father irrelevant. I would just love to hear from you as the founder of Brave Co. Like, why do we need men? What is your perspective as a man speaking yeah. to other men and women in society to see why this is such a relevant and needed point right now? Well, for starters, we live in the most fatherless generation that since history where our fathers aren't at war. So, you know, it's one thing to grow up in a home where dad is off defending your country, defending your honor, right. fighting for something you know, as a son or as a daughter, you are are a part of a virtuous family. You're part, you, you, mm-hmm. you feel like, man, we're doing something that and sacrificing yeah. for what we believe in. Yeah. yeah. But to be born into a life where dad's not here because he didn't want to be mm-hmm. is induces so much pain into, you know, kids and, and women and, you know, everything that we would probably all agree upon that needs to be changed, like homelessness, incarceration, violence, rape, unwanted pregnancies, abortion, all of that has stemmed out of fatherlessness. Fatherlessness is the number one issue in the entire world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we look at it like this, like if you can heal a father, you can heal a, a family. And if you heal the family, you heal the nation. And unless Come you on. do those things, yep. you know, we live in a, in a broken society. And if you take it one step further, if you train a son, you don't have to heal a father. Ooh. And so, you know, if you train a daughter, you don't have to heal a, a mother. And yeah. we live in such a disconnected broken society because the family system has been torn apart. And you know this as well or better even than probably I would know it just because your background, but the foundation for our entire life starts before we're ever even present that it's Mm -hmm. happening. Yep. That's proven. I mean, there's no argument about that. Having a mom and a dad, right, that gift you this inheritance, your first inheritance is this inheritance of confidence and nurture where you are gifted this loving, caring, discipline, confidence building life uh, before you could ever do anything for anyone. They are saying you're worth it. They're changing your diapers. Mm -hmm. They're learning uh, what you need. Yeah. And it it starts out, every child should start out with this idea that I belong. I belong to, to somebody who's really important. I belong to this tribe mm-hmm. that is meaningful. And therefore, like I can set healthy boundaries. I think of myself as valuable. And yeah. so, you know, kids are growing up without ever even realizing how much pain, disconnection, 
anxiety, fear, frustration has been gifted to them without them ever making one choice. And and I think for, for people, and I know I'm kind of on a soapbox, but I think most people don't understand that the foundation that they see the world through the foundation that they see themselves through the lens, the most of the decisions that they've made in their life have come out of the decisions that were made for them. Mm-hmm. And so I, tr- I tell people all the time, like where you're at in your life, especially, especially if I'm talking to, to, to young adults. So 18, 19, 20, 21, like where you're at today, it's probably not your fault. Right. But it is your responsibility. That's a good, yeah. And so we have to get people out of the victim role, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're a victim, the victim's the most powerless person in the world because you have, you're the only one that could free you, but you're unwilling to take ownership because, you know, somebody really did wrong you and, and you're, yeah. you were given the, the, a bad deal. And so, you know, today, because of the sexual revolution that happened in the 70s, where we saw, you know, men and women sleeping together, uh, free love, no, no connection, no commitment needed. It was just get it if you want it, which is just such a selfish world to live in. And then out of that, kids are born, right? Women get pregnant and men go, I don't want to take on responsibility, And so the lack of responsibility, the lack of ownership, the lack of connection has created. So if people are going like, well, how did we get here? That's how we got here. Yeah. We got, Hey, go do, go indulge, right? Like don't delay gratification. Don't work hard, uh, for, for marriage. Uh, Don't work hard for a sexual experience. Don't have to be responsible at all in order to, uh, engage in a sexual act. And you get a society that's in chaos, broken down, Mm -hmm. destructing, self-destructing. And so healthy masculinity is almost the same set of virtues and values is healthy femininity. It's Mm -hmm. healthy people. It's boundaries. It's understanding needs. It's taking responsibility and ownership in life. It's treating others like you want to be treated. I mean, that is, that is a healthy society. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for us at Brave Co, we, I look at that and go, man, we have to give men the tools that they weren't given by their dad. Exactly. That their mom probably can't even uh, mm-hmm. uh, fully give them because masculinity is something that's poured into a man. It's not something that he's just born with. And so these virtues and values, although a woman can administer a ton of that, right. And, and you can get it through other places, but I always think like, man, the best place to get that from is from somebody that looks and feels and is experiencing exactly what you're feeling. Yeah. A role model, a hero that goes, you can do this, follow Mm -hmm. me. Let's do this together. So that's yeah, what we created okay. Brave Co for is to pour into men the strength, the courage, the grit and tenacity that they need to be a responsible human being that gives us purpose in this life. It's so good. And I remember talking 
to you, I think, or maybe I was watching one of your interviews and just that relevance of how many men feel like they don't know how to offer their masculinity. And there's a lot in society of telling us what not to do, but to your point, yeah. not a lot of modeling of what to do. So what would you say to a guy that maybe he has a good heart, but he just kind of doesn't know how to offer it, or he doesn't know it's wanted or there's space for it. And I think a lot of women, because we're positionally having to pick up the slack, then a lot of times we're not creating space, whether it's in family units or in marriage or whatever it might be. Um, what would you say to a guy who has a kind heart, but then really needs to like assert and believe he has something to offer in his masculinity? Well, for starters, you know, men were never created to do life on their own. Mm -hmm. Humans weren't. So yeah. we're herd animals. We need a pack to run with. Part of that is because like, for instance, if you go back a thousand years ago, even less than a thousand years ago, young men, boys, I should say, young boys were being initiated into mm -hmm. manhood. Yeah. Right. And so oftentimes yeah. that was through, yeah, through a rite of passage where if we get into the tribal days where they would be brought out in, into away from the village, away from the women and the other children. And they would go through a ritual where it's a lot of it's storytelling for certain tribes. A lot of it is uh, there's some survival aspects. There are some really gritty, like in some tribes, a, a boy would have to, to face a lion or something like that, where he has to overcome this mm -hmm. obstacle yeah. to then earn the right to marry, have kids, hunt food, provide. But also what you got out of that is in one of the stories that I've studied, this tribe would take these young boys who are ready for this initiation, this rite of passage, and they would tell them the ancient story of how they became, uh, how we became men and how we became um, and, and who were created after. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> so you get this idea, this sense that uh, I wasn't just created in my own image, right? That I was created in in the image of this yeah. greater being. But then each of the men would cut their hand with a knife. They would bleed into a bowl and they would pass that bowl around. And that young child would drink from that or that young boy becoming a man. And the idea is that you are getting all of our strength, that mm -hmm. your mother isn't the one that nourishes you, isn't the only yeah. one to nourish you, but mm -hmm. we are also here to nourish you and lend our strength to you. And I know in our society today, we look at that and go like, holy cow, that's crazy. <laughs> so that's gross. <laughs> yeah, so many germs or whatever. But what happens is for a man, he starts to realize I am a part. Mm -hmm. of a tribe and these men are counting on me they're lending strength to me right so they're giving me nourishment and belonging and acceptance but they're also calling me up to this high responsibility this high purpose and i believe i can do it because they think i can do it yeah Good. and so when we as men just try to hype ourselves up on our own Mm -hmm. and go like, I can do this. I have what it takes. Like I'm going to assert myself yeah. around women and they're going to know that I'm strong and powerful. Well, part of that's part of that's like, yeah, maybe better than doing nothing. But the flip side of that is, is like initiating your own self 
is a is a, a really tough thing to do in life. Yeah. Creating your own path to confidence to in anything is a really, really hard way to do life. And again, it's part of why we do things in small groups. It's part of why we do discipleship. Everything we do is discipleship because you can't sharpen a knife on itself. A knife has to be sharpened mm-hmm. against iron. Yeah, it has cool. to be sharpened against something that's harder than itself mm-hmm. in order to, to, to fulfill its purpose. And men are the same, you know? And so what I would love men to do is to get rid of the poser, the pretender, mm-hmm. which you have to face your ego to do that because yeah. this stuff's scary, right? If you grew yeah. up in a home where you weren't validated, given confidence, Right. Give encouraged, right? Mm-hmm. Like give encouraged, encouraged. Then you're really going to have to face some demons and go like, man, I'm scared that these guys, that mm-hmm. I don't have what it takes. Mm-hmm. But what happens is when you get into real life on life discipleship or relationship, let's just say relationship with other men yeah. who are another level above you or as strong as you and push you and encourage you. Yeah, they help you to gain the skill sets to learn how to really have uh, how to really show up. So healthy boundaries, healthy needs. It's not just about opening the door for women. That's great. (laughs) But it's about how to protect, provide and promote. Mm. It's it's really honestly about how to have a core values and a value system that helps you to uh to operate in your everyday life so that's what i would say to men so as i'm hearing you say that it sounds like men really need to gather around healthy community and we can see that guys can have the boys club and it actually can become more unhealthy or we can be really intentional with either mentorships or groups and i think even brave co may have some modeling for that. And what does that look like to try to surround yourself with a healthy tribe of other men? It could start almost anywhere. I love the Boy Scouts of America, what they did, especially the Boy Scouts of America that I grew up in. You know, it it wasn't just all about uh, like emotional health and stuff. It was a lot of skills based. Mm -hmm. But when you learn how to tie a knot, you learn how to start a fire, you learn how to navigate through the wilderness all on your own. Yeah. That does something inside of your marriage, inside of your relationship with your kids. You go, oh, navigation is something I can learn how to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm even going as far as to saying, like, I don't think guys have to go and read the Bible, you know, all day long and pray all day long with guys and just talk about what's going on inside. But you only gain confidence through doing. You can get courage from somebody else. I can encourage you, but confidence comes through doing. It comes through through these small trial and errors in in learning how to fail and knowing that if you just keep trying, if you're gritty enough, that you're going to eventually succeed. And that's what men are lacking today. Like mm-hmm. how many fathers yeah. are giving their sons experiences where they are testing themselves. Mm-hmm measuring themselves which is healthy assessing what needs to change 
and then changing it and watching the end result of that. Yeah. And so if you don't know that you can, then you're frustrated that you can't. Mm -hmm. And then you try to prove that, that, that you can, you, you use your, I don't feel like a powerful man. So you find a woman and you try to be powerful Dominate, for a woman. Yeah. You try to, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and the woman becomes the proving ground for you instead of all the stuff that was supposed to be proving ground for you when you were young. Yeah. And so to me, it's like healthy masculinity is like, don't make women the proving ground for your masculinity. Go yeah. and go and find a challenge, you know, build the ark, do something that's bigger than you with, with a community and learn how to fail forward, learn mm -hmm. humility through patience, learn yeah. how delayed gratification brings you the ultimate reward, right? Yes. And 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 learn how to fail in front of people that you really care about mm -hmm. men you know learn how to take your ego and go you're not the most important voice in my life that's so good and in, as i'm reading the testimonial book on fathering from braveco uh, which is it accessible can people get that online or in your yeah community? so you can go to braveco.org okay because i know i got there, it at yeah. the conference um yeah so when I was reading that, I felt refathered. I know we were talking ahead of time and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, for males and females, I think it's so healthy to see an illustration of what healthy mentorship, fathering can look like. And so even if somebody didn't come from a good, you know, necessarily awesome fathering yeah. background, whatever context that might be, I want there to be tons of hope that there are amazing communities, there's resources. And even just reading that testimonial book and getting around healthy people, I can see the ways that God would want to refather some places in me. And I could imagine how much more for men as they engage with your community. What do your groups look like? Yeah, so this last year, um, we did a 12-month discipleship uh, process for men, journey for men. And that was broken down into four phases. The first phase was our foundations of masculinity. So that's 12 weeks. What does it mean to be a man? Uh, what's the role of a man? Mm -hmm. How to work through pain? Um, mm -hmm. How to set healthy boundaries, right? Because uh, most people don't, most men don't have a foundation for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's not their fault, like we talked about earlier. There's no shame in that. It's yeah. just facts. And so then we do 12 weeks of sexuality and relationships. We do the like connection codes. So how to actually talk about your emotions, how to find your emotions, what are your, what's actually happening. Yeah. And then the science, of, the science of sex. So the actual neuroscience that's happening in your brain when you're looking at porn and mm -hmm. connection and all that stuff, which is so helpful. And, so needed. and then we do, yeah, mapping out your cycles and your highs and lows and mapping out your life. Most people don't even understand what their life was and, and how it affected them. So, yeah. um, and then we, the next 12 weeks is uh, wealth. So how to, how to deal with your finances, you know, uh, how to have a, a wealth mindset, how to break off the poverty spirit. And then we do um, leadership. So that was the last 12 weeks. So we, we uh, took 500 guys through that this year. We just graduated uh, the first class, which was a hundred and 
we had 167 guys come in and 137 graduated and it was life-changing like like porn broken off other addictions broken off marriages restored mm. like crazy and so you know we've seen a, a ton of breakthrough this year we are pivoting um so for 2023 we really felt like we needed to focus on uh churches and also building um small group curriculum for men that they could administer themselves so we packaged our first 12 weeks the foundations of masculinity and uh and basically created it so that uh a pastor could take that and lead his men through mm -hmm. it or a guy who listens to this podcast and goes man i want a better marriage i want to break anxiety off my life i want to get free of porn i want to be present in my own life mm -hmm. and at home with my kids i don't know where to start great find three other dudes or two other dudes or one other guy that wants to do the same thing in his life you yeah. can you can get the videos there's there's 13 videos we added um one of our videos from the the sexuality the science of sex we added to this foundations of masculinity but the videos we spent eighty thousand dollars in filming they're done really good uh you get four activations with those that get you outside of the home and in really experiencing what we're talking about. Um, there's assignments, worksheets that go with each one of mm -hmm. them. And then there's uh, three breakout videos that take you deeper into the content. So, I mean, it's honestly, it's just been, that to me is, is it's where I'm seeing the most change. I've personally, I just took 12 guys through the foundations of masculinity. These are millionaires. CEOs, businessmen, and watching watching the amount of transformation that these men are having in their marriages and their Same. lives has been crazy. So yeah, we've made that available. And that all that will be released in January. Um, so if you're a church pastor and you're interested in getting it into church, you mm -hmm. can actually go to braveco.org and and uh give us your email there and we will we'll get you uh, a meeting with us so that we could talk about your church and how you can implement and execute that. That's so good. And we had talked about hopefully in the future, getting to implement it at Crawford clinics. So I half my to. clients are men and I have a real passion to help men walk in the best that I can as a female therapist, uh, yeah. but walk in healthy masculinity and unpack a lot of those things that are cultural misnomers. So I know we need to probably take a break here, uh, but thank you so much, Jason Valentin. And hopefully we can have you back and continue you our wonderful conversation and everybody if you are listening whether you're male or female the more that we support a culture that is honoring to both sides the more that as a society we're creating an ecosystem where you can be in your sweet spot without having to take over everyone else's. This is a time more than ever in history that we need you to be healthy and whole. So I hope you stay tuned for the next episode we'll have with Jason Valentin. 